Welcome to the Serenity Sisters show. My name is Saffron and we are live today in the studio um, here at Sunny Govan 103.5 FM. I have a guest with me today. It is Sarah Meikle. Hi. Sarah is an actress, but she also has uh, an interest in spirituality and Mm self-development, which is right up my street. (laughs) So obviously I thought it would be ideal to get her on one of my shows. We are going to be talking about quite a deep, almost dark subject, to be honest. Um, It is looking at the rise of narcissism Mm -hmm. and narcissistic traits in our society. Obviously, quite a it's quite it's quite deep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty deep, but heavy subject. I think we we can bring some light to it. Definitely, we're going to do this in a positive way because shining light on some negative stuff can really help get the mm-hmm. word out there, raise some awareness. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at some of the ways in which we can identify some narcissistic people that are perhaps in our lives mm-hmm. and how we have personally dealt with that in our own lives. Yeah. And also how we can try and move forward in a more positive way and deal with this. Um, So stay with us. Narcissistic traits Mm -hmm. in society. It's a deep one, but we've got it. Yeah. Now, the reason why I got in touch with you, Sarah, is because, well, like everything in life, you get a bit of synchronicity, don't you? Mm -hmm. When you perhaps put something out there or you have a little bit of a conversation and Mm -hmm. someone resonates with it. Yeah. So there was a particular thing that I had put out on social media Mm -hmm. and you resonated with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember DMing you and being like, oh my goodness, this is like, it's so like my situation. We had a conversation about it and it was just like, it was almost like we were talking about the same thing, the same experience. It was weird. So I guess that is around the time where you had been exploring it a little bit more Mm -hmm. and starting to learn just how real it is Mm -hmm. I'd been educating myself I'd been researching online listening to podcasts about like narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder and sort of doing a bit of my own research on it I guess you could say so it was a perfect time really to come together because now we have been through our own experiences with that like many people out there and I'm sure that some of the listeners will be able to realize Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they don't already they'll be able to highlight some areas of their life where they're perhaps dealing with a narcissist Mm -hmm. I think most people have like even if you don't know it yet I think most of us will have encountered someone that has narcissistic personality disorder in our lifetime I think it's more common than we think it is definitely I wanted to put it out there as well that (sighs) there is something to be said about not calling people out we're, we're not mm. doing this to really say that there's evil people out there mm-hmm. it's basically like all of us we've got our own insecurities we've got our own stories and we carry our carry our own wounds mm-hmm. so it's interesting when you look into this concept how it all comes from similar root causes yeah so we're bringing this up not to really say these they're horrible narcissistic people yeah. out there um <laughs> They, they plan this they want to be like this it's um all part of the brain chemistry yeah, isn't it? i don't believe anyone would choose to be like that to be honest definitely I, I, I don't think i don't see what you would really gain by choosing to be like that because at the end of the day it's not a nice thing to have and it, it's really limiting in so many ways so i hope no one would choose to be like that and it's so detrimental to your own life yeah you don't realize yeah. how many people you're pushing away how many opportunities mm-hmm. The difference between 
narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic traits I thought we could discuss that because Mm -hmm. I know when you look into it many people they they're misled by the word narcissism aren't they yeah because it's thrown about yeah we, we kind of throw it about like oh you're a narcissist or that's narcissistic but I don't think often a lot of people really know what that means. It's almost like there's a spectrum, isn't there, Mm -hmm. of it. So you can be someone that has narcissistic traits and even ourselves, we can identify. 100%. I'm a Leo. (laughs) 100%. Gemini's are bad as well. Yeah. And we're actors. So there's definitely got to be a little bit of narcissism in there. (laughs) I I guess when the ego's involved and you have to carefully manage that, then Mm -hmm. you're going to identify things that are within you that's mm-hmm. narcissistic mm-hmm. it's when it becomes so out of balance yeah it's the driving force within your life yeah so some people you might be able to identify they have narc traits so i'm just shortening the word narcissist yeah. to narc <laughs> let's just put it out there as well because yeah. it's a long word to keep we don't saying mean narcos <laughs> <laughs> no narcs. not narcotics here um so most people have some narc traits mm. in them it's a society that we live in oh 100% with social media like yeah. we're encouraged we're rewarded we're for... encouraged to be self-attached yeah. as well yeah. um it's a careful balance but there are those out there that have imprints mm-hmm. from their upbringings or trauma yeah and it can become something that takes over their life mm-hmm. it's a default yeah so we're going to discuss narcissistic traits Mm -hmm. first of all so that Mm -hmm. people can identify um if they have someone in their life that is perhaps leaning towards either that narc personality taking over Mm -hmm. or their full-on narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. um so there's so many here we could take up like three four hours of a show so we're going to skim the surface um I, I've got, I don't know if you want me to read this out, yeah, but I actually, been on, <laughs> doing my research, I actually brought notes. I've got like five pages of notes. I'm me. the same. I, I want to make it. sure we cover our so loads. So prepared. But I went on the NHS website when I was doing my own research into this because I wanted to be really clear on it. So what it says about narcissistic personality disorder on there is a person with narcissistic personality disorder swings between seeing themselves as special and fearing that they're worthless. And they may act as if they have an inflated sense of their own importance and show an intense need for other people to look up to them. And then it's got a list of other symptoms, which we we could be here all day, but that's kind of yeah. the brief. No, that, that really does sum up pretty well. Yeah. Um, now, I want to dispel a myth here as well. I think that, see, looking back maybe just a decade ago, things have changed when mm-hmm. it comes to how we look at that word and what it means. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are still caught up in that out-of-date version of what narcissism is. Mm -hmm. And I've identified that when you say it to certain people, they expect that to be someone that loves themselves. Like a celebrity or high power status. Um, I'll throw in Donald Trump there. Because, you know, (laughs) that that is generally what people think a narcissist is. I mean, I think he could be. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair. fair. (laughs) He'll be like NPD right up there on the scale. He could be. But there's so many subcategories of narcs as well there's like the covert Mm -hmm. which is more quieter more subtle Mm -hmm. but it's driven by insecurity Mm -hmm. so let's get it out there Mm -hmm. it's not about loving yourself no would you agree with that oh yeah 100 percent. i think there's loads of different ways that it can display itself it's not always the loudest person in the room because i mean a lot of time that would be me (laughs) 
I'm a very loud person and I swear I'm not a narcissist but um, yeah and it's not you know you're allowed to, to love yourself you're allowed to big yourself up so I don't think I think you're right in the past it would be thrown around if someone liked to talk about their achievements or was proud of themselves even they'd be like oh you're so self-absorbed you're a narcissist but that's not necessarily the case yeah. and I think it definitely shows up in many different ways which you'd be surprised at how how well people can mask it as well because yeah. at the end of the day if you are a narcissist you, you're a master manipulator yeah. so you can definitely disguise and you've point. gotten so used to let's throw out some of the other traits as well um, you, you're used to um, feeling the need for the attention to be on you yeah. so a normal person would obviously feel human emotions like we all do and maybe sometimes feel oh that phrase but what about me you know mm-hmm. someone else is getting attention yeah but n- narcissistic personalities can't really handle that can they no yeah that's because i think they see everything as like someone else's success is detrimental to them yeah. as opposed to just being able to celebrate it like oh she did a great thing that's amazing it's like somehow that reflects badly on me because it's an insecurity at the end of the day yeah that's it's a it constant is. competition isn't yeah, it everything's competition even when it comes to sympathy i've noticed <laughs> yes. so okay, someone else is getting attention for achievements or their looks or their personality or they're highly liked, they're Mm -hmm. a nice person. That doesn't sit well with a narcissist, Mm -hmm. but also it doesn't sit well when someone is getting sympathy. No. And they want to be... It's almost like, you know, when you're sharing stories of Mm victimhood, that victim mentality, if someone else has got a sob story and people are feeling for them, the narcissist doesn't like that no. and they will invalidate it yep and make them or try experience. to one up it yeah like oh well yeah that's the shame that happened to you but this happened to me and this is yeah. bigger and heavier and whatever yeah you're right that's very true this is a paragraph i got from a, a study they actually done it was a psychology research study mm-hmm. and it was done in over 300 participants so it was 60 percent of them were female 40 percent male and this was what they came up with. This was the the conclusion um, that narcissism is driven by insecurity and not an inflated se- sense of self. And it basically offers a more detailed understanding of this long examined phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it may also explain what motivates this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, for example, the need for social validation yeah, it's a big one. Do you feel that reputation is like the central force of all this? Oh yeah, that's a big one, I think, for sure. And I think that you're right about what it says about insecurity being the key thing because if you actually did love yourself and you know thought you were amazing, then why would you feel the need to make other people feel bad or to manipulate people? or to If you actually like love yourself and believe in yourself and think you're amazing, you don't need to prove that to anyone because you're confident, yeah. you're secure. So, yeah, it definitely stems ultimately from insecurity. So it's sizing yourself up constantly. Yeah. And they might even be unable to recognise that within themselves Mm -hmm. because it's such a default fault mode of thinking. Yes. That it's subconscious. Um, I think a lot of there's not awareness there. I think that's the thing. It must be such a difficult thing to actually be aware. Because nobody wants to think of themselves in that way. Obviously, that's not... And actually, I found a guy on TikTok just today, which is so funny that it's so weird that it popped up today because I don't get a lot of that kind of content on TikTok. But this guy uh, popped up on my For You page and he was he says he is a self-aware narcissist. 
Okay. Which I thought was really interesting because I feel like it's very rare to come across that. And he like makes basically TikToks about his his journey, yeah. living with his narcissism. Uh, he chats about going to therapy for it, realizing that it's something that he probably can't cure effectively because that's quite controversial isn't Mm -hmm. it whether it can be cured or not i think Mm -hmm. awareness is a step towards that though because then at least you're going to look at your root causes um now looking at root causes i think with our culture would you agree that we're always looking for like one reason yes it's like oh i can point to this thing that happened to me when i was five and that's the reason for all my problems which it might be but yeah. a lot of the time it's not. It's a cumulative like, Yeah, definitely. Things. It's like contributory factors that have yeah. built up through your life or through your families. And it's like generational trauma that's trickled down. Uh-huh. And I know you're quite open-minded looking at things from a, a holistic approach. So I guess it's worth putting out there that it's not always mind concepts. It could mm. be the way in which we've manipulated our gut health, for instance, what mm. we've added to our food chains. Um, yeah. Like you said, social media has, has got a lot oh, to yeah. say lot for this. For. Yeah. But it definitely was a problem prior to that. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to have you on the show because there's a bit of an age gap. Mm-hmm. So 10 years, is that you right? You would never know it. <laughs> you would never know it. You are after something, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. So I think that's great, though, because you've had to go out into the world when things had evolved a little bit from mm. when I was first having to go out there as a teenager. Yeah. And I definitely had seen something change around that time. So I'm looking at the early noughties okay. where I first experienced narcissism mm-hmm. in relationships, like romantic relationships. Okay. Um, and you would have been around 11 at that yeah, time. I, was, I started high school in 2004. So by that time... I would say that, you know, the whole concept of <laughs> social media and validation and achieving and trying to be the best that had been drummed into us for so long. Mm. It was a positive at the time mm-hmm. when I was growing up, being encouraged to be more. Yeah. But I think with all these different factors coming in, like you say, it's made us so self-consumed. Yeah. And so, like, we compare ourselves constantly to everyone else online. That's just that, like, I remember when I was finishing high school, Facebook was just starting to, like, pick yeah. up steam and become the next big thing. Uh, I remember getting a Facebook account prior to that. I had MySpace. I still miss MySpace to this day. I miss Bebo. Bebo, oh my goodness, you could send people love. Yeah, remember and you that? could write on their wall oh, as well. Oh, it was well. so wholesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bebo and MySpace were the best. Um, but Facebook was becoming a thing, and then slowly but surely Instagram, of course, became a thing, and that really. I felt like that was the big shift and people starting to compare their lives, to compare their achievements, to compare the way they look, to use filters. You know, all these different things, I think, have really exacerbated traits of narcissism, even within people that aren't, don't have NPD. Yeah, I agree. Something that I was going to throw into the notes Mm -hmm. and I thought this is quite an important one. Well, I feel personally, I don't know how, if you would agree, Mm -hmm. reality TV. Oh. So... I'm not really into reality TV for obvious reasons. I feel like it's almost like we are using horrible situations. We're actually using it as entertainment and we're glorifying horrible things. So It's exploitative. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's almost like watching a car crash. (laughs) Yes. And it's addictive and people get get addicted to that. Um, 
But <laughs> in saying that I hate it, I thought I would do a bit of an experiment and I did watch something recently. So Love is Blind. I haven't watched it's that. It's on Netflix. Okay. So let's just say my oldest friend will crack up when she hears this. <laughs> um, when she heard that I was watching it, she's like, oh, you're getting into it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And then within, I don't know how many episodes it was, first season, I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. It, mm. It's actually making me angry. Mm. Um you know yourself being into acting and filmmaking there there are ways in which things are used to come across and be presented as though it's like happening but you see so many different camera angles so yeah yeah you know a lot of it is um staged staged or improvised and like they give them a situation and say okay yeah yeah Yeah. and then we'll be like let's repeat that can you do that again we'll do it from that angle however i just felt really uncomfortable and i Mm -hmm. think with the likes of that show in Love Island. I was just going to talk about Love Island. Um, I think what it's done is it's desensitising people to these situations. So there's been mm. really bad displays of human behaviour on yeah. these shows. And we're getting so used to watching it. We're forgetting about the hypnotic state that you can get into. Mm. I feel like TV is almost like being hypnotised. Mm. The psychology behind that. Yeah. Do you feel that it would desensitise people? Yeah, I think it can. I think definitely we forget that they're actual human beings on these shows. Like, we're watching it for entertainment value, but they're real people. Whether they are being scripted and all that, of course, that's fine. But they are real people behind it. And I think especially, I, I cannot stand Love Island. I absolutely cannot stand it. I know a lot of people absolutely love it. Most of my friends love it. I just yep. can't get on board with it. Um, it doesn't interest me at all. But... I think also, um, was is it ITV it's on? I think it's ITV or something. I'm not sure. But they said, apparently, um, now this might not be true, but I think I actually heard this on the radio, that after you come out of Love Island now, they're going to have therapy for the contestants that come out of it because there's been so many mental health issues that these yeah. people have had coming out of it. Because obviously before they go in, they're nobody. Not yeah. to be horrible about it, but they're not. Like They may, might have a fairly big social media following or whatever, but not to that scale. And then they come out and suddenly... Everyone knows them. Everyone's talking about quite personal things that they've seen, you know, yeah. online or their bodies or how they look or all this kind of stuff. That I mean, that must be really difficult to deal with. Definitely. And then you get those that come out with statements like, well, they knew what they signed up for. But yeah. really, were they prepared fully for having themselves pitched against other females or other males? I don't think you can be fully prepared for that, that kind of instant fame. I don't think that's something you can really be prepared for. Yeah, and it's like, it's actually, you have been put under the microscope and you've been put in these really horrible situations where it is highly competitive and there's women and men that are, you know, competing against each other and there's hurtful situations Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, you know, gossiping and stuff Mm -hmm. going on behind the the scenes and people doing things behind each other's backs. And you have had, yourself recorded and put out to the the world yeah so that's quite difficult and i would imagine you'd come out with quite a lot of wounds oh yeah but that going back to our original point know, about we're, narcs, we're just slating love island at this point <laughs> aren't we <laughs> i think that that is actually pushing you to feel all of the the personality traits that would drive you towards narcissism mm-hmm. that ego yep. that competition that hate that jealousy mm-hmm. and then we're sitting at home watching it and normalising it. Mm. So it's almost like you've normalised what you're seeing on TV, so therefore 
it's kind of normal in your world. I would I would mm, say that's that really that's maybe normalised infidelity and yeah. females being more competitive rather yeah. than supporting each other. Yeah, I've never thought about that in that way, but I think you might be onto something there that sounds... Yeah, we're seeing it as entertainment value. We're not really thinking about it in any sort of deep sense. It's just something yeah. we switch on and watch, but actually our brains take in way more than what we than what we give them credit for. Certainly our subconscious does. I'm always talking about your subconscious mind, but it just soaks up everything. So you're right, if you're constantly feeding it that, constantly watching things where people are competing against each other, where it's all about looks, then yeah, of course, it's going to affect yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. So going to the psychology-based theory on it, I thought it was quite interesting. A lot of it points towards parental mistakes. Mm-hmm. And interesting because we were talking about parental experiences just before the show. Mm-hmm. So some people think it's because you have been extremely spoiled as a child mm-hmm. or someone hasn't placed boundaries. Mm-hmm. You've you've not learned how to tolerate the word no. Yeah. You've not learned how to not be the best mm-hmm. or failure hasn't really been a thing. Things like overly praising your children as well yeah. um, without given them that ability to realise what it feels like not to be good at everything. Yeah. And then there was a complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. not given enough attention and enough, um, not even just praise, but enough just love and support. And then the child starts to crave that yeah. in any means that they can get it from anyone that they can get it from. I think that's probably got a lot to answer for it as yeah. well. So it seems to be between those two experiences when you're growing up, um, all very interesting mm-hmm. and we've taken up quite a bit of time talking already I was meaning to go on to the next song but it's just <laughs> the way we go tangents that's it I always, say, I always say to my listeners on my podcast I'm a bit of a Billy Conley I go off on tangents yes but then you suddenly just click back to the point yeah so <laughs> I'm the same we're going to do that okay um so the next tune is by James Morrison he's actually got a new album out I don't know Does if he? you're into James uh, a little bit dabble I wasn't really I thought mm. it's a bit too easy listening mm. for me but his new album has it's like all of his tracks that have been done again acoustically oh, or nice. like rehashed so he's doing a tour so if you haven't heard that album already you can check it out on Spotify this is James Morrison with Broken Strings Welcome back. This is Sunny Govan, 103.5 FM. My name is Saffron and I'm here today in the studio joined with Sarah Meikle. If you're just joining us, we have been discussing the whole concept of narcissism and the rise in narcissistic traits in our society. Um, yeah, really deep subject and we've gone off on a few tangents already. We've had some laughs though, <laughs> despite it being deep we still find a way to, to yeah, laugh. Yeah, <laughs> definitely and we've also had a little bit of a hitch so if you were listening earlier there might have been a bit of silence for a while, I had a bit of a technical hitch. This is my second live show so um, yeah, the nerves are going but I'm also excited and it's always great to have someone in the studio that is able to contribute in such a positive way. So thank, thank you. you for oh, being thank here. Thank you. This is my first ever radio appearance, by the way. Or appearance isn't the right word because it's radio. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is my first live radio show. So. Oh, you'll be coming back. Oh, great. Yep. Love so <laughs> we were discussing really some of the ways in which you can identify a narcissist. And it's not about the old school way of, you know, someone with a huge ego, someone that loves themselves, someone confident. Mm-hmm. There's also those that are highly insecure. Mm-hmm. And in recent studies have shown that it really does have a root cause and it's all about insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the 
studies that I'd noticed on psychology today had summed it up and it said that the findings suggest that genuine narcissists are insecure and are best described by the vulnerable narcissism subtype. So there's a subtype. Ooh. I would think that's covert narcissism. Yeah, okay. Um, someone that has a big illusion of grandeur mm-hmm. and power trips and things like that. So that's mm-hmm. more leaning towards the psychopathic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about NPD mm-hmm. rather than someone who has narcissistic traits so yeah yeah, we were getting out there all the different traits um we also were going to delve into how we've experienced it yeah because you can experience it in so many different ways in your life i think a lot of people just think of it as being like a relationship thing like a romantic thing you know like i was in not me this is just me giving an example i've actually never experienced it in a romantic sense but i think a lot of people just think oh my ex was a narcissist they just see it in a romantic sense, but actually it can show up in various different forms, like workplace, family, relationships, friends, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Talking about like the various places, also dating apps, mm. they're a big thing now. Yeah. And I've noticed I've got friends who have <laughs> been single for a while and they put themselves out there on the dating scene. And the stories that I was hearing. Oh, I can imagine. And I felt like I was constantly having to be there to provide advice and support as my friend would get her heart broken or her brain mangled yet again. Yeah, Yeah, there's all sorts of environments that can be involved. Um, Obviously, a lot of people experience it the worst when it comes from a romantic relationship. You've got parental. Yes, parental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having a narcissistic parent must be really confusing, I would imagine. It's also something that you don't really begin to realise until you get to a certain age Mm. and you start to learn about these traits because you've normalised it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, as we were kind of talking before, I think it'd be the same being in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship. You do normalise things, you do excuse behaviour because you love that person. And you want to feel loved. So you do let things slide. You maybe choose to ignore the red flags because you really, yeah, you love and care about this person. You don't want to not be with them at the end of the day. And also, a typical like kind of narcissist will make that will make you feel like you need them. That's the thing. Yeah. Especially in a relationship sense. So let's talk about some of the traits then. You're saying that obviously it's difficult when you're in love with someone mm-hmm. because... You're coming into it with your baggage as well. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, actually, to explore the kind of people that narcissists or people with narcissistic traits would attract. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? I would imagine people that are very empathetic and um, I don't like to say naive because I think that sounds a bit critical. I don't mean it in that way, but just someone that likes to see the best in people. I think that's maybe going to be a bit more of an easy target for a narcissist because they might know that that person, no matter what they do, is always going to try and rationalise it or just give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Give them another chance. So they're very tolerant, these people, yeah, usually. Yeah, very tolerant people, I would say. I think it's yeah. interesting as well because normally, this is where everything integrates, mm-hmm. I learned that people who have had a background with parents or guardians with narcissistic traits, their inner child basically has adapted to that so much Mm. that when they come across it in romantic relationships they tolerate it more because they've got used to tolerating it in a parent and um so they know it's comfortable for them yeah well 
I, I read somewhere that it's almost like when you're a toddler, all you really want as a child is love and yeah. to receive that love. Yeah. And you obviously feel this horrible energy because it is an energy you get yeah. from, from narcissists. Yeah. You feel that energy and it's hurtful, but you know that in order to receive the love, you have to put up with the bad mm. to receive that good. Ah, oh, that's so interesting. So the good would be the love bombing. The love. I was just going to yeah. say love bombing. Before we started recording, I was talking about the first time I had heard the phrase love bombing and gaslighting and actually really heard about narcissism, what it really meant, was on a podcast a couple of years ago. It was called Something Was Wrong. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I've not, but so. I think it's amazing that through the spoken word, mm-hmm. you've learned about it and yep. now we're here and hopefully inspiring people out there to identify. Exactly. That was one of the main motivations for coming on today because that podcast really woke me up to seeing red flags and people that I knew and also people that my friends were involved with and knew it was so so interesting and the idea of like love bombing which is basically just to kind of quickly explain it is when someone showers you with love and affection and praise and then slowly but surely starts to break you down so it's like they're bombing you with love and attention and affection at the start so that you trust them and grow attached to them and maybe love them in some scenarios but then they start to slowly break you down and there's like a cognitive dissonance then because you're like oh but they were so nice to me yeah they, they said I was the best person in the world so your brain can't quite understand the way they they're then acting after that and would you say alternates as well mm. I know in my experience in my early 20s when I first had realized that there's narc traits and and partners mm-hmm. that it was swinging from yeah. that kind of feeling that someone's so proud of you and it would almost be to a level where it was extreme it was gushing yes and they idolized you and then it would be very quickly they would suddenly break you down Mm -hmm. that can happen in friendships as well yeah yeah I mean it can happen in any like your boss I mean there's so many situations where that can happen and I think I'm not sure I'm not a psychologist but I would imagine the main aim of that is to just make you question what's happening make you question yourself like you know, not yeah, to cause confusion basically, I think, and and to cause you to not trust yourself, I think, is the main aim yeah. of that. And gaslighting is another one that I heard on this podcast, and um, which I found really interesting. And yeah, that's basically just when the the person is making you again not trust yourself, is telling you that what you think and feel isn't real, in some cases, or that you've misunderstood. It's just basically making you question your own sanity pretty much yeah and that can be done in quite subtle ways as well I noticed yeah you maybe raise an issue that you've noticed something or you felt uncomfortable about a certain situation and it's almost like what do you mean yeah oh no I never said that that's not a problem and then it's like oh you've got a problem with something you've always got a problem it's so it's twisted or nobody else has said that no one else feels that way so it must be about you yeah do you feel like twisting is also quite oh twisting your words yeah exactly um even just saying to other people that you've said things that you haven't actually said uh it's so layered there's so many many ways that it can show up but yeah gaslight and love bombing are really interesting topics to 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 research into and that's why i did after i heard it on that podcast i was like straight on google what does this mean what are the definitions like yeah and after that so you had explained that you'd been able to identify it in some of your friends romantic relationships yeah but you also then came across a situation yourself yeah and i'm i'm thinking this is going to be true when i come out with this statement (laughs) 
it's strange that when you encounter it yourself, you have such a brain jumble. Because mm-hmm. the energy that comes from these people, they've got this way of just jumbling your thoughts that you, yes. you don't quite know what's going on, that you're double thinking everything. And you have kind of doubt over things as well. And yeah. I, I like when I realised because um, I've experienced it in both like working envi- professional environments and personal um, situations as well. And uh, when I really realised what had happened, I got to a point where I couldn't make basic decisions. Like this is a really silly example, but I remember being in a supermarket and standing looking at a shelf, and I could not choose what I wanted to get because I literally had no clarity in my head. Like I had no idea. I didn't trust myself, I didn't... Yeah. I couldn't make choices. And that's because you knew there could be a wrath or yeah. a reaction. I thought it was going to be a bad consequence to, like, yeah. what sweetie I was going to buy that. If day. you didn't make the right choice. Yeah. So that's quite interesting to put it out there as well. These people are very reactive. Yes. They're very critical. Yeah. But <laughs> it it's double standards. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? That oh, yeah. They are highly judgmental of others, mm-hmm. but that's because they're deep insecurity. And you shouldn't judge them. But if you make any sort of constructive criticism even towards Mm. them, that becomes a huge thing, doesn't it? Yeah, being unable to take criticism is one of the things that's actually on my notes. Um, Definitely. That's one of the signs, yeah, is being really unable to take any form of criticism, even if it's worded in a polite, constructive way. Yeah. It's just a no-go. It's almost like they zone in, they've got a radar on the one little thing. I noticed through my experience, um, it's almost like, no matter how much kindness you try to give, mm-hmm. because you're trying to understand their insecurity and understand maybe why they've got to that point in their life, mm-hmm. no matter how much you give them and you do for them to try and make things a bit more amicable, yeah. the moment you say no to something yeah. or the moment that you're perceived as criticising them, you could have done like a 100 things in one year that mm-hmm. were great to mm-hmm. that person. The one thing... Everything suddenly it's all blown yeah, out of the water. That's what's going to be hold, held against you. And that's another thing I had in my notes is not respecting boundaries. Like that was one of my signs of people in my life that I was dealing with that um, have MPD or certainly narcissistic traits is just not being able to respect a boundary that I've tried to set for my own like well-being yeah. um, because it, it doesn't. It's not. It, it, I don't matter to them. You don't. You don't. Unfortunately, that's the thing. Especially a narcissist that is not aware that they have NPD, like, you don't matter to them. So you needing time, downtime or whatever, like, that doesn't matter to them. It's got to revolve around them, hasn't it? And that's why most of the people with narcissistic traits also have, like, a little army of people that Mm -hmm. they recruit to do all of these tasks for them. So all the kind of real mundane tasks, it's almost like they delegate. Yeah. So that all those everyday things that they can't be bothered looking at... um, or dealing with themselves, they'll get others to do for them. Mm. And that includes um, emotional support, bigging up their um, their ego, so anyone that provides admiration or um, makes them feel good about themselves, but also the practical support, the financial support, they'll heavily lean on others. Yeah. And that's because I've found through research is that they like to free up their time in order to put to the things that are important to them. Mm. So it's usually things that make them feel good. So a lot of emphasis on um, like stuff that, that supports their ego yeah. or beauty. So Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm triggered. No, I'm like, so it's like, I know what you mean. They would never sacrifice their own time, their own, own energy um, 
things that mean a lot to them, especially when it comes to th- their appearance. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of work put into that, isn't mm-hmm. there? Unless there's some sort of personal gain for them, obviously. That's yeah. the thing. There's got to be a personal gain. And that can be many. It doesn't have to be monetary or whatever, but there's got to be something in it for them. Um, one of the things, well, that's in my notes as well, is um, a belief in extreme superiority over others. I think yeah. that's another big red flag when they sort of hold themselves above everyone else. And... A sense of entitlement comes in with yes. that as well then. Yeah. 100%. So it's almost like I am better than others, even though they feel insecure and they're jealous mm-hmm. of others and they're mm-hmm. constantly feeling like they're comparing. Mm-hmm. There's this in sharp contrast with what about me? It's yeah. got to be about me. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's so, so mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel through all that blur of that experience that you came out of it better equipped to handle that if you come across that again oh yeah i mean i I feel like now i can spot a red flag a mile away like i'm so conscious of it and i guess that's natural because i'm now trying to protect myself constantly from from experiencing that again and then you don't want to go the other way where you're kind of not open to bonding with people and and creating barriers it's so hard so difficult so so difficult but i'm definitely conscious of it and definitely conscious of um alerting other people when if and when i notice the red flags, um, again, as I said, after I listened to that podcast, I like sent it to a friend that I thought was experiencing this. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you because you want to, and that's the reason for doing this today as well, because you want to help people. And Definitely. So that we can all be equipped to deal, because we are going to come across, guaranteed in your lifetime, you're going to come across someone that's a narcissist. Yeah. It's, it's unavoidable. So I guess we've covered a lot and we're just coming up to the last few minutes in the show putting it out there for people as quickly as we can how to deal with that now I always learned it's best to ignore and just focus on the things that are important to you mm-hmm. um, it's a difficult one though isn't it's very it? very difficult do you feel that worked for you? Ignorance? Uh, to an extent I felt like I just really had to remove myself from the situations in which I was dealing with these people so just to not physically just not be around them not have contact but again I know that's not always possible um but as much as possible I would say that and just remind yourself who you are and focus on the things that you love to do and the things that make you you surround yourself with people that love you and that people that yeah will, will support you basically I think those are are the main things and just know that it's not your fault also if you've been through it it's not it's not it's so hard to kind of come out of that and it took me a long time to recover because you you do start feeling like there was something within you yeah, that wasn't wise enough yeah. but even the wisest of people even those that are constantly giving out advice counsellors mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people who are deeply into psychology can fall victim to that yeah. when I explored it and the ignorance didn't really work. It was just <laughs> still constant. And I have to put it out there that although it was romantic relationships I experienced it in, there was also other dynamics, yeah. um, especially now in this day and age where there's a lot of extended families. Yeah. You're experiencing it more in like separation situations, yeah. divorces. Um, lawyers will agree <laughs> that they'll have to deal with narcissism a oh, lot yeah, sure. when it comes to these cases. Um, and when you're thrown into that as like someone's new partner and there's all that going on, it can be crazy. Yeah. Um, when ignorance doesn't work and you're going to have to find a way to gel with this person and the kindness doesn't work mm-hmm. and there's lies 
chronic lying we didn't really touch on that but Mm -hmm. chronic lying is a huge thing Mm -hmm. so there'll be smear campaigns Mm -hmm. anything that they can do to manipulate and turn people against you I found that the only thing left for me to do was to try and set boundaries and have consequences and that is a dangerous ground (laughs) isn't it because the reactions will be extreme you're going to get a reaction yeah but um yeah it was interesting in the prison service there was a counsellor who had been dealing with people um some of the inmates who had narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. um and they noted that the only way to try and encourage and get these people to behave a little more healthily Mm -hmm. with other inmates or with their families was that instead of saying to them the bad consequences Mm -hmm. what would happen the best way to get them sort of projecting themselves in a a nicer way was to use incentives wow so that tells you something as well that's really interesting because it's all about the gains isn't it so positive reinforcement over negative consequences but if you're in a situation where you're going to have to lay boundaries and set consequences the consequences apparently are supposed to be those that would hit them the worst so Mm -hmm. anything that would bruise their reputation because reputation means everything so if you have stuff to expose so keep a record of everything mm-hmm. um, because normally the side of them that you've experienced compared to others um, very different. yeah because you've got the charismatic the lovely side yeah um, keep everything mm-hmm. um, but also anything that exposes them or is a threat to them and it takes something away from them that means a lot it sounds like you're having to play harsh yeah. and get into that fighting mentality but it's the only way to protect yourself I was just going to say the most important thing is that you're protecting yourself that is ultimately yeah that yeah that is your top priority you have to look after yourself and you have to protect your own your own self and your own peace at the end of the day so for anyone who is interested in exploring this subject more there's so much you can go and explore there's a, a website called Quora is it it's oh yeah mm-hmm. a lot of people that write and mm-hmm. they talk about their own experiences. Some of them are professionals. That was mm-hmm. quite useful for me. But there's books. Yeah. Um, you might want to delve in. Go and have a look online. And also, if you wanted to hear or um, follow more content that's related to this or lifestyle, well-being, spirituality, Sarah, you have an Instagram yeah, account, I love Instagram. haven't you? <laughs> it's Sarah C. Meikle, and Meikle is spelled M-E-I-K-L-E great so you can be followed on instagram any other platforms i'm starting to create more content on youtube i mean it's nothing to do with narcissism or anything like that but um i love about youtube as well it's just the same name on youtube and your stuff's all very positive i'm going to put it out there most of the stuff that we put out in our social media platforms comes from a positive and productive kind of root cause Um, it's just been a particularly hard subject to cover today and you can follow me on instagram under saffron underscore jennifer that's saffron as in the spice (laughs) (laughs) saffron underscore jennifer and you can also find me um and the previous shows on serenitysister.co.uk so peace and love i'm going to leave you with the last tune that fits in to everything we've spoken about (laughs) this is a new tune by the wombats um this is people don't change people time does (laughs) 